Conrad, a working mom of a toddler and an elementary school kid. And I'm Claire, the mom of two boys who are also in elementary school, and I also work full-time. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Hi, everybody. It's the middle of everything. Hi, Claire. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Good. Uh, we, we are recording this in different time zones. You are in sunny, question mark, California for a work <laughs> trip this week. I am in California for sure. It is um, sunny-ish. It's it's disconcertingly sunny because it's two hours earlier than it feels like it should be, but um, but it's, it's really cool and beautiful. It feels so... Um. Nice. I mean, I think the high is like 70 the entire time I'm here. So it's pretty magical coming from uh, Oklahoma, July. That's for sure. Well, I was going to say you left here this morning. So you know that the high was like 90 something today here. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was 90 something when I got on a plane. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my no, gosh. It's been a great trip. So far. Yay! So far, so good. Good. Well, um, okay, so we haven't had an episode in a couple of weeks, so why don't we do a quick summer check-in? So tell me, how's how's it going? We're recording this July 1, so how's how's the first half of your summer looking so far? Yeah, so it's it's gone really well. I can't wait to hear kind of your assessment because you've already done one of the camp switches, but you know, I think I think it's going it's going great. We've been uh, low key. We haven't done any big vacations yet for us. That's kind of backloaded in the summer calendar. But you know, you I think you and I talked about this. I can never remember what we talk about on air versus off air, right? But, um, yeah. I just feel like this year worked has worked really well with this this outdoor camp that we both do for the first part of the summer, but both of our Mm -hmm. uh, families do. So yeah, the kids have been rocking and rolling and um, my youngest seems a lot more confident swimming, which is, you know, that's a big hurdle to get past. Um, Every kid kind of does it on their own schedule. And I, I I feel like you could write a book about like um, swimming learning curve as a indicator of personality type, like that's got to exist <laughs> for sure. Totally. Yep. Um, so this is my cautious child and we are really slow rolling the, the swimming situation, but, it, <laughs> but we're getting there and progress is being made and it's wonderful. And yeah, other than the fact that life's too busy and we didn't make it out to pick blueberries like I wanted and I have all these expectations for how summer is going to go and but but no complaints really. I have to say the the kids have been troopers, the camps have been fantastic. What about you guys? Yeah, so I feel like we are I I hope that July is going to be the easier part of our summer. We did, you know, the classic thing where you just overbook the whole beginning of the summer. I feel like we were doing weekend trips. We were doing camps. We had our normal schedule of Taekwondo, which is two, sometimes three nights a week. And then we're also factoring in swim lessons for both kids on the other two nights. Mm. So and, and and then add on top of that some extra work travel for me, some extra like large work projects for my husband where he was working long hours. And it just felt like we never stopped. We were, I felt like we were never home. We were never here for more than an hour and then we needed to go to bed or, you know, whatever. So I pumped the brakes a little bit and said, you know what, we're going to take July and maybe part of August off of Taekwondo, at least until we're done with swim, because then 
that only puts us, you know, that that's a normal like couple nights a week. But with the swim, we were we were out five nights a week and then again add in weekend trips and weekend overnights and some things like that. And it, yeah. June has just been bananas. So July, I actually um we have like a whiteboard calendar up in our kitchen where I color code like kids activities and stuff. It's more for them to look at, you know, and kind of see what's coming. And I filled it out today and I was like, this is blissfully empty, you know. <laughs> it's like we've got we've got some stuff. We've still got another month of swim, but it was looking way less stressful than July. And then we're prepping for an August vacation. So that's, you know, that's great. That's fun. But we had to take a minute and just say, you know what, we can't, you know, we're going to have to take a month or two off of Taekwondo because it's just too much. And, you know, that's fine. Whatever. We, we were, we wanted to have evenings where, we can go swim or, you know, play outside or just all hang out and watch a movie together, you know, whatever, without constantly having to be somewhere. So that's where we were in June. And I'm glad it's over. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, you know what? This rings really true because we have been having some tough conversations about extracurricular activities, even once school does start. So yeah. That's, um, you know, and just, you know, making sure the kids know, like, there are choices to be made. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's true. Um, we've already kind of started having those those conversations about, like, what we're going to divest. Because I think where I could screw this parenting thing up pretty hardcore is by, you know, it's going to be by overdoing it, not underdoing it, like, in all areas. And this is no different. So I think we don't have all the answers for sure, but we're trying to uh, be a little more disciplined about, you know, what we accept and what we will will do. So it's hard. Well, and that's what we, you know, we kind of sat him down and talked with him and we said, you know, you can, we can bump Taekwondo back because you, you can test for those belts at your own pace. It's, you know, it's, it's just a lot more. It's not like a team is counting on him. And that's, you know, again, this is my my oldest kid who was not into team sports. So this is right up his alley, but, and he got it. And we said, you know, swim is sort of, it's, it's important and it's important for the summer. And I think, you know, it's, it's more for my youngest. Like I just need him to get to the point where if he falls in the pool, he can get to the edge, you know, or whatever for my older one, it's more learning technique and, you know, strokes and things like that. But that, but I also think that's important and he seems to enjoy it. So I said, you know, we'll, we'll finish this summer out with a swim and then hop back into, you know, kind of our normal school year activities, um, in August or, you know, after school starts or however, however we want to time that out. But yeah, we had to take a minute because we felt like we were not having any fun and, everyone was tired. The kids were exhausted because they would go to camp. And this is especially my seven-year-old because he was actually doing the most out of anyone in the family because he would go to camp all day. And then every night he had a thing. So like the parents could take turns who was taking a kid to the thing The yeah. you know, our younger one was only doing swim. And so our poor seven-year-old was just I mean, Bowie was exhausted yeah. <laughs> after some of those, especially those last week or two at the outdoor camp where they were truly outside all day. He was he was getting pretty wiped out. So we're looking forward to, yeah, less of that. And, you know, you mentioned we're about to do the next sort of chunk of camp. Uh, we've got a whole month at the same place. Your, your kids are doing the same thing as mine. So um, 
and, and really, honestly, all four of our kids will be at the same place because even my little guy is there right now. Yeah, so that's yeah. right. Has Ollie done sleepaway camp yet? Is that happening? Um, well, he he hasn't done it this summer yet. That's um, okay. Is that later? Two, okay. Um, until that happens, and uh, so I think listeners probably know he he did do a week last summer, but this this summer uh, he's going for longer, and that's coming up. And he is so excited. Oh like, yeah. yeah! Oh my I gosh! Nine year old boy dreams. So oh, yeah, listeners, check back in next summer when we're both sending our <laughs> seven, almost then eight-year-olds together. Because I feel like, well, you've already done it once. I'm, I, it might be a thing for me. I might be, I might struggle a little with that next year. But I think they'll, they'll be, be able to do right. it next year. They'll be together. It'll be fun. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so this this week's topic you you brought in after having what looked like a great experience at a local restaurant with kids menu. So um, we're gonna come back after a quick break and talk a little bit more about kids food, kids kids menus at restaurants and what we think about it in general, I guess. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at the middle of everything podcast.com on Instagram or Facebook at the middle of everything and on Twitter at T M O E podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Welcome back. So I'm going to jump in because just like Sarah said, this was something I like instantly texted her about because um, Sarah, I don't know how else to describe it. And I don't know if this word is offensive or not, but I definitely think of you as one of my foodie friends, particularly Mm -hmm. my foodie parent friends. So Sarah listeners um, is the friend that will start sending 25 emails the day that her two-year-old gets fed blue jello at school. Like I (laughs) have nothing but mad respect for that. That is not a condemnation whatsoever. It's one of those things that all of us, like the rest of us, the other 99% were like, oh, that sucks. Like we don't want our kids to eat that. Ugh. And then we all like went on with our day. And Sarah's the mom that's like, uh-uh, hell no. Like, let me let me school some educators on nutritional standards here. So um, I can count of probably at least three or four times where I know that you've communicated to somebody about something our kids have been fed. And I love it about you. Like they're <laughs> like, it is one of my favorite things because I never have to feel like I never have to second guess my instinct. If I'm like, Oh, is this a big deal? I'm like, you know what? Sarah would not let this fly. Like this is not okay. Yeah. So complaints um, have been made. The jello yes. story is, is a real, that is hundred percent true. That's and real. that was, yeah, I, that was a moment. <laughs> In yeah. my life. <laughs> so it was wonderful. It inspired me, by the way, um, to email our public school district about why it's okay to give kids pink milk um, mm-hmm. in school and call it strawberry milk and fill it with sugar. And that went nowhere. But hey, I did it. So I can okay. like it. Complaint has been action. made. Check. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So. So I set that up to say I knew I could talk to Sarah about this, but. I, and I might have referenced this book on the show before, but I read a book called Bringing Up Bebe, which I think has like really informed, this was when my oldest was was a little bebe. <laughs> um, and I think it's informed a lot of the way I think about parenting. Um, so the premise is... Um, I, I think it's... I'm going to get these books confused because there was another book about 
eating that I did not, I read and I did not love. I thought I would love it because I loved this one, but I did not love it. So Bringing Up Bebe is the good one. Um, and it's about uh, an American woman that marries a French man. I believe that's how it goes. And ends up living in France and having her kids there and raising her kids in France. And, but of course they still have like one foot in America. And so they come back. And so she just really has an opportunity to see like our, the way our society feeds kids. And and it's not just about eating. It's about other things too, but like really strongly juxtaposed to like how like French schools handle meal time and things like that. And so it just really, really um, informed me. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a patriot people. You don't like, I'm not like every, everything in France is great and everything in America sucks. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but that you, I, I think it's naive to also not acknowledge like that our kids have an eating problem mm-hmm. um, and a health problem. And other countries, by the way, are catching up to us really quickly. Um, but maybe there's something that maybe there's something within our span of control that we could do to, to fix that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm going to try and get off the soapbox, but anyway, um, so it's something that's always been floating in the back of my psyche is like, it's not normal that every time a family dines out, the only thing offered to kids are pizza, chicken nuggets, or mac and cheese or grilled yeah. cheese. Like, like that's not, it shouldn't be okay. And uh, my struggles with my picky eater are well documented. And I take full culpability for all the choices I've made. But I do have to say, like, I don't always think that like, my environment is has my back on this. Like, I feel like I'm constantly like, fighting an uphill battle when all that's being offered on kids menus are junk food. And then uh, like, with French fries or maybe an applesauce, um, mm-hmm. you know, nature's candy, which, hey, I'm on board with that for sure. But like, there's no variety. There's no um, sort of appreciation for a kid's palate and, and developing that and growing that. And um, so I just I just feel like when I'm eating out, I'm just, it's, a, it's an uphill battle with, it's particularly with my picky eater. Well, my nine-year-old, my my older son and I went out to eat. Um, we went to Fiddler on the Roof. Oh my God, you guys! Like we could do a whole episode <laughs> on that. It was wonderful. Um, but beforehand, we made it a whole date night, and he was like, "Hey, mom, where would you like to eat?" In that like very adult way that he talks to me. Oh, now. that is and adorable. <laughs> I was like, "Oh well, I mean, you know, there's this place that Dad and I like to go before PAC shows, and um, it." It's a place called Ginya. So I will buzz market them because really this whole show is like um, predicated on this amazing meal that we had there. So I don't feel bad about it whatsoever. But listeners, I think we all are well aware that Sarah and Claire make zero money (laughs) off of this endeavor. So this is all a legit endorsement. Anyway, um, we go to Ginya because I'm like, all right, he said he's up for anything. And at this point, I don't even necessarily think that they probably have a kid's menu. It's just not a place I associate with that. Um, But we walk in the door and sure enough there. And and so I prepared him like, you know, there's going to be noodles and broth and it's a, it's a ramen restaurant. And, Mm -hmm. and I should also say it's not local. I mean, we have one, but it, it is a chain. I'm not sure exactly how big of a chain or, or where it goes. Is it um, really? Yeah, I've seen at least two others that. for oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
So, um, okay, so we're sitting there, they bring the menus, and yeah, there's this kid's meal, and the kid's meal includes, um, you know, things like um, a side salad, and of course, a bowl of ramen, and some rice with spinach and chicken, and it's just, it's like a little um, sampler platter. I don't know how else to say it, but like the, the rice and the chicken is served in one of those cool sort of old school Chinese takeaway boxes. Um, nice. They give him a pair of chopsticks, which he loved. Like just everything about it, 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 for me was a great example. There was nothing crazy adventurous about it. There was nothing super spicy about it. It was all... I'm going to say like moderately healthy, but beyond Mm -hmm. that, it was just variety. It was like, you know. It's like a miniature version of what you were eating or, you know, like a little, little tasting of that as opposed to, yeah, chicken nuggets or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And it was just, it was just the idea that like, oh, this could be a special event for him too. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like, why else do any of us go out to eat if not to like have a moment? Like, particularly today, like even if you weren't, let's just say you didn't want to cook, there's still Uber Eats. There's any number of ways to get food delivered to your home. Like if if you're just not into cooking, the reason I, th- I think people get in their cars and go somewhere is for the experience and it's atmosphere, sure. And it's food, sure. And I, I think it's just like all of it to get things, things probably that you like, but maybe wouldn't make at home. Like these are all the reasons at least that that I like to go out to eat. And, um, and so, yeah, I just, just sitting there with me and him and like nothing else to like, not nothing else to talk about, but the thing we were both <laughs> talking about was like, oh my gosh, like this is, he, he was as impressed as I was. He thought it was cool. He wanted me to text a picture to his dad. Like it just, nice. I don't know. It was a, it was a moment and it gave me mad appreciation for this restaurant that I already loved. And I immediately texted you because I know that this is a topic that's near and dear to your heart. So what, what do you, what's your, before we dive into this, like what's your experience and impression, maybe good experiences, bad experiences, whatever, with taking your kids out to eat at restaurants? So I always remember back, I remember going um, to the Brook, which is another local restaurant, which is sort of a hamburger, chicken finger kind of a place for everybody, kids and adults alike. But I remember taking Bowie when he was very little, like two, three years old. And they did have an option on the kids menu for grilled chicken nuggets instead of the breaded chicken nuggets. Mm -hmm. And this, keep in mind, this is first child two years in. So my standards have a hundred percent lowered, but ordering, I remember ordering those like grilled chicken nuggets or whatever with like the fruit. And because we were way stricter with him, hence the jello incident. But (laughs) I mean, it was just sort of this like, you know, one, I was feeling very, I'm sure, sanctimonious as a parent that like, oh, I'm ordering this healthy meal for my two-year-old and he's going to eat it. But also, you know, I, I noticed it and I thought, well, here's a healthy choice. It doesn't have to be, you know, chicken fingers and French fries every time. So yeah. I, I specifically remember that incident. Fast forward, you know, five years to last summer where we went on vacation. So it's a solid week of almost every meal. I mean, we had a condo, so we cooked some, but we were out to eat more than normal. 
I'm kidding. I mean, like we were in New Mexico where there's all these, you know, great, you know, you know, Mexican Southwestern type restaurants or whatever. Every kid's menu. I'm not kidding for almost a solid week. My kids ate nothing but chicken fingers and fries because by now, then my older one can read so he can read the kid's menu and he knows what's on it and he picks that. And so then baby brother picks the same thing because he's the, he's my kind of pickier eater anyway. But by the end of that trip, we were so frustrated with our kids because we were just like, guys, there's other stuff that, you know, you, you can try, like, how are you even enjoying this at this point? Like you're, you've literally eaten at least once a day, chicken fingers and French fries. Like, right. Aren't you grossed out by yourself? And, and it was weird because even, you know, Bowie is a good eater. I mean, like he tries new things. We had this bananas, hello, fresh meal for dinner tonight. That was like, seared cheese with squash ribbons and orzo with lemon. And he gobbled it up like he, it it was the greatest thing he had ever had. He ate coleslaw out of the Trader Joe's (laughs) sample kiosk today. And I was shocked. So again, this is an adventurous eater, this child, but because he kept going to these restaurants and all he was seeing was hamburger, chicken fingers, you know, mini pizza or whatever on the kids menu, he just kept ordering it. So I think, you know, and I feel like this is what always happens with our kids too. It's like, if you, if you try to order a regular meal and maybe just have them split it or whatever, they will inevitably like either eat all of it and then beg for more food, like you're starving them. But if then, if you get like two kids meals, they'll like not touch it. It's like, you just never know if, are they going to eat it? Are they not going to eat it no matter what it is? So I've, we've done that a lot, that game where it's like, how much food are we ordering? Cause then again, you're into a kid's meal. That's like seven, eight, nine dollars, And it's like, I, I don't know that, that part is frustrating to me too. I, I feel like I appreciate, you know, again, something, something like Jinya where it's a, a smaller version of whatever food adults are being offered at this restaurant. And it's not just, we, you know, you go to a Mexican restaurant and it's like a hamburger on the kid's menu. And that just drives me insane. <laughs> like, yeah. And and before he could read, we would just eliminate that as an option. We would say, do you want a taco or a quesadilla or a burrito? Or you know what I mean? But now he can mm-hmm. read, so we don't have any control over it. But I don't know. I think we have, we have a lot of room for improvement. Um, you know, it was interesting. I, I, I mentioned to my husband before we were recording this, that this was our topic for tonight. And so he's, you know, former chef has the kind of restaurants perspective on this. And he said, you know, the places there's kind of, there's kind of two ends of where you're going to find the best kids menu. It's either going to be at a chain restaurant or at a like hyper local restaurant. And he said, because they can invest at a chain restaurant, they can invest in sort of specialty kids foods. They can buy mini buns for the hamburgers. They can buy, you know, special kind of toppings that, uh, maybe, you know, the, the non-breaded chicken nuggets or, you know, like the, the small pieces of chicken that can be grilled instead of breaded or whatever. They, they can invest a little more in that. 
or you get local restaurants where it's it's basically just a small version of whatever. But he said it's hard for uh, smaller locally owned restaurants to do that sometimes because they can't invest in the, the the smaller versions of things or or a small amount of food that may or may not ever get ordered so they you know they just lean back on that you know quick fast breaded stuff they throw in the fryer and it's no big deal so i thought that was interesting it was something i had never thought of from that perspective like oh yeah like you know a kind of mid-level restaurant is not going to have like sliders or, you know what I mean? Unless yeah. I don't know. So, cause I was Googling, um, before we started talking, it was this, I found this article called, uh, 15 chains, rest- chain restaurants with kids menus that don't suck. Right. And so it's all these ones like cheesecake factory, Applebee's, uh, all of you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, Squish. like it's co- like, throw up is like coming up in my throat as I even say these <laughs> words, but Cheesecake Factory has salmon on the kids menu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, they've mentioned Panera, like we do Panera a lot. Um, but I don't know. I, it, I think it's interesting to look at it from that perspective is a little bit different, but I agree. There's, there's a lot of work to be done and I wish that everywhere would just offer you a small version of, whatever, whatever their type of food is. And that would be it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I I just agree. I just think even, um, like a more limited selection, but of better quality food now. Okay. Also, this is coming from someone who's never worked in the restaurant industry a day in their lives. So I love Grant's perspective because it actually, yeah, it speaks to me because I I can understand the economics of it. But I also, in the same way that, you know, you cater, you make menu decisions based on what you think fits your brand and what you think fits your um, concept and the price point you want to be at and what your suppliers can do and all those things. Like I feel like every restaurant makes those choices and I, I could be wrong and and restaurant people can write in and tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like the kid thing just doesn't even get factored in. Typically it feels like an afterthought at best. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, like you said, smaller, just smaller portions of what the adults are having would be fine. Even something like, if you're going to do mac and cheese, like let's let's say you're an Italian restaurant and you feel like you need to have a mac and cheese on the menu, maybe – like I've been places where I swear to God my kid has been served like Kraft macaroni and cheese. Oh, like, yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just I like – we don't give that as a choice to our kids. Again, now they can read. But exactly. even that – Bowie doesn't like it. He wouldn't eat it anyway. But – but 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 yeah. as an example, like why wouldn't you maybe make that with like some cauliflower, which is a hot tip, by the way. I just got from a, another HelloFresh. We're buzz marking like crazy today, but yeah, we are. Um, a HelloFresh meal we got that was like it was a bacon mac and cheese with cauliflower in it. It was amazing. Um, but anyway, uh, j- j- something like that, or some interesting cheese that's not that's an actual cheese or something. Um, I just can't, as somebody who like, I get the struggle. The struggle is real. Cause by the way, most of the time I'm at home cooking kid friendly food or trying to. So I get that that's a challenge. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I don't know. It feels like something that we, you know, should celebrate restaurants that I think do it well. And this, oh, so, so Ginny is a great example, by the way, of what we're saying, because it was like, it was the kid meal. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. 14 choices for kids. It was the kid meal and the yeah. kid meal was small portions of all of these things. And it just was what it was. And by the Let way, it also came to ice cream at the end, like, oh, cool. You know, this, this wasn't like a diet, healthy, necessarily kids meal. The point was it fit the experience. It gave him pause and cause to try new things in a new way. And for me, that's just the magic of eating out. And and totally. we should and could do a whole other episode on just like how to cook food at home for your kids because I need help with that, um, you know, that kind of stretches them, but that they will eat. Um, mm-hmm. But I, But again, just kind of going back to my initial soapbox about why you even go out to restaurants. So it became a thing. We chatted with the waiter about it. He was really proud. You know, he was like, yeah, "Yeah, you guys surprisingly aren't the first people that have commented on it. I'm like, totally. Um, So yeah, it just became a great. (laughs) great While I was doing my quick little research before we started, I found this really great article. That's a nice counterpoint to it. It's, I mean, look sources here this is from bon appetit magazine but it's called uh why restaurants now pay attention to kids menus and it's sort of the other side of this where you should you know pay attention and there's ways to um you know make things interesting you know they're talking here about like a pasta dish at one restaurant that has kale and collard green pesto well i mean kids don't know what pesto you know all they know is it's pasta with sauce on it you know what i mean but they're trying something new or they even may say something like something as easy as like a even like a high end pizza restaurant that has like a margarita pizza well for the kids version, they just don't put the basil on top of it. Cause my yeah. kids, you know, aren't going to eat that basil, but then it's a more interesting pizza. It's not like a frozen microwave, you know, whatever kids meal, it's an actual margarita pizza. And, and my kids do love that. When we go to a nicer pizza restaurant, they always ask for that. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good little example of some ways that restaurants can either, um, you know, again, kind of tweak it, you know, like maybe their fries are spicy and they don't put the, they don't put that seasoning on the kids fries, but they're still, you know, cut from real potatoes and they're, you know, it's just some options, I think, because, you know, there's, there's this sort of, you know, again, this is from Bon Appetit. So it's like a foodie, um, outlook on it, but they're, they're just sort of making the point that, you know, it doesn't have to be chicken nuggets. It doesn't have to be hamburgers. And, you know, we want to encourage our kids to eat that way. I mean, we're very like, this is what's for dinner. You get it or you don't like tonight with that weird hello fresh meal. One kid gobbled it up, asked for seconds, ate two plates full. The other kid, um, ate like three bites of it and was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not hungry. And we were just like, okay, well that's it for the that's night. Like, that's your choice. Yeah. And he, he walked off and that was that was all she wrote. So, I well, mean, and this is this is too. I think where um, restaurants could take a page, you know, from from advertisers and and marketing people and branding experts. Because here's the other thing: like you name something, like I, I will never forget this. That Daniel Tiger, and um, when my kids were teeny <laughs> tiny, and we and I think we talked about Daniel Tiger, and I think all oh, parents I love have the same Daniel Tiger. Tiger. 
But um, when my kids were teeny tiny, Daniel Tiger does, there was some episode where somebody served Daniel Tiger um, something he was calling banana freeze or banana tree or banana swirl. That was it, I think. Banana swirl. And my kids were like, man, I want a banana swirl. And all it was, was frozen bananas put in a blender. And I shit you not. There was no milk. No, I don't even think there was even water. There was no other flavor. It was like all of those old bananas that you stick in the freezer, you throw them in a blender, you put them in a cup with a straw. Well, maybe we don't do straws anymore, but at the time I did straws and (laughs) handed it to my kids. And it was like a milkshake because it's just the consistency Mm -hmm. of the banana by itself is already that kind of creamier texture. And And that was our intro into smoothies, by the way, which was for a long time how I got my kids to eat green things was, Mm -hmm. you know, we put them in a strawberry, blueberry, banana smoothie, and it was wonderful. And we actually still do that sometimes. It's, and I do that, right? It's just a great way to to get extra nutrition. But anyway, and that, I just reflect on that sometimes because like the dish you were describing that might be like, you know, a basil, pesto, pasta, whatever, like, like you said, once a kid turns six and they're reading these menus for themselves like what if instead it was and i'm gonna gross you guys out now but if it was like booger pasta or oscar the grouch pasta or i mean all i read are fart books and fart jokes for my kids like that's the kind of like that's what they're into and so you know green eggs and ham day at school by the way is always i love it my child who would never eat You'd never just be like, may I please have eggs and ham for lunch today? Like gets jacked up about the fact that you're going to feed him eggs and ham that are dyed green. Like that's exciting for him. And that's, Mm -hmm. I I guess what I may be saying is like, maybe it's not even as complicated as we want to make it. Like maybe you just call it something or make it feel somehow cooler or more tailored to the audience. I mean, am I crazy, Sarah? Does that make sense? No, a hundred percent. And, you know, and I'm just sitting here thinking like, this is inspiring me. Like as we go out to eat, like, what if I just don't give them a kid's menu and I make them order off the regular menu and maybe they split it because it might be more expensive or maybe we get an appetizer or something like that just to make them not get the chicken fingers or, you know what I mean? I don't know. And I have one kid who would definitely go for that more than the other. And you do too, I think. So, you know, but it's like, I, I, I almost feel like we've gotten lazy about just letting them pick and it's easier, like, sure, have fries and chicken fingers. And, and really, honestly, we don't, we do not go out to eat that often. So for us, that's an every once in a while thing, but it's something like vacation when I really notice it. Cause we're eating out all the time and mm-hmm. I, I will never forget like the end of that week we spent in New Mexico. I was so grossed out by my own kids because they kept eating <laughs> that. I was just like, yeah, come yeah. on, you know, I was just yeah. like, please stop. Like for everyone's sake, like I can't handle it anymore. And, but, but then you're tired and you're just like, you know what, eat it or, or I'm going to spend $7 on this. I'm, it's going to be something you like. Cause I don't want to have a bunch of food get wasted or I don't, you know, whatever. There's all the reasons for that stuff, but I, I don't know. I feel like maybe next time I I'm, I'm thinking back. So the last time we went, out, we just went out to eat, uh, last weekend. 
maybe two weekends ago, Mexican restaurant and, and they got tacos. Like we made them, they got tacos and, um, they, they ate it. They were fine. I do think they also ate like a pound of queso and chips, but you know, whatever. It's in the same um, genre. Of the sounds like they have my approach to eating at a Mexican exactly. restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will I take queso with a side of tacos. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just really got a, yeah, a single like a la carte taco because they're never going to eat the beans and rice off the kids menu. So we just got, you know, a taco and they ate a bunch of stuff. And then I think we, well, it was a birthday. So we got dessert too. But anyway, yeah, I, I feel like it's making me think a lot of new ways about, you know, what I want them to try and, and one health wise too, you know, we've talked about this before with you about, you know, picky eaters. And it's just like, you want to have a kid who wants to try new stuff. Like you, you want them to be, be willing to experiment and, you know, that's part of going to a restaurant. That's part of trying new things is veering away from those like, you know, standbys that you always stick with. So absolutely, my my wheels are turning. I will, I will leave you with this nugget from bringing up Bebe, um, which we can link up to in the, it was, it was an impactful book for me and there's others out there. I won't call anybody out by name, but like I said, I, I, it sent me down this genre and I have to tell you a lot of books in this space feel very judgy to me and very like, mm-hmm. well, the French do it this way you know, and everybody else is terrible. And and this right. book, I think the reason it resonated for me is it did not feel that way. It was very much just like a, huh, I never thought of it that way. So that mm-hmm. was my experience. Other people may have different experiences. Anyway, I will leave you with this nugget, which was so insightful for me, which is, I guess, I don't speak French, but um, there is a term um, – that when you're talking about your kids and, and their eating habits, you would use the, the French equivalent of, of the words uh, food training in the same way that in the States we use the words potty training. And the analogy mm-hmm. she made was you would never, if your kid was eight years old and just peeing whenever he wanted to pee and like in a diaper, you you would not be okay with that. You wouldn't go, oh, well, he just doesn't like to use the bathroom. That's not his yeah. preference. He prefers <laughs> to be in the closet. Like, that's not okay. It's a beha- It's behavioral. And they and with the same way we see that as, like, behavioral and, like, something that needs to be worked on. And, and again, we train our kids. We call it potty training or sleep training. Mm-hmm. That's another great analogy. They would say the same thing about food. So in the States, we have a very – we're very comfortable, and I've done it a million times just in this episode, of labeling our kids as picky eaters or mm-hmm. not adventurous eaters or whatever the word is. Um, and and the idea that we would do that and not see it as, and I hate to say the word problem, but but kind of, like not see it as like a problem that needs to be worked and fixed and trained mm-hmm. Um to them that that's foreign, right? So for them, a picky eater is just a child who has not been well food trained. Like that, that just is yeah. what it is. And the same way yeah. that you would say, if a kid wakes up 14 times at night and they're eight years old, well, that, that kid hasn't been sleep trained or, or, right. or whatever that's else. Problem. Right? So, mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's something to, and I guess the word trained implies that it's 
something you have control, some degree, some measure of control over. It's not one of those things where you just throw up your hands and go, oh, he's a picky eater. What are you going to do? It's like, mm-hmm. no, like it, if you believe like I do, and I recognize not all parents do, that, you know, part of being a, a well-formed human is the willingness to kind of step out of your comfort zone and try new things and um, some things you're not going to like, but also like, that's not the end of the world. Like, it's okay. Like mm-hmm. I had this funny conversation with, with my kid the other day, which is like, you know what he was, I was trying to get him to eat watermelon. Cause that was the fruit that was on offer, which, you know, not highly mm-hmm. nutritious, not crazy, not super flavorful, just watermelon, just that, yeah. but that's what was there. And I needed him to eat some fruit so that we could all move on he with our day. He doesn't like watermelon? Well, he just hadn't tried it. I mean, it just wasn't like on his thing of like he doesn't like seeds and I don't Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like every at every other time, I guess when it had been offered, there was an alternative fruit. And so he was always yeah. picking the alternative. In this case there wasn't and he needed to eat the watermelon. And so, you know, he was he didn't love it. I'm just going to say like he yeah. I, I don't know that it was the best watermelon in the world and the seeds were big and all those things. But but I will say this and you got to just like take be happy for the small victories as he just kind of looked at me when it was Dover and he's like, well, that wasn't my favorite. And I was like, right. But he tried it. Exactly. I do things all the time that are not my favorite. Like Uh I can't, you know, it happens. And then you just, and, but that's how you know what you like. And it's also like, (laughs) there's no, nobody died because you ate a fruit that wasn't your favorite. Like it's not, The, the downside in a child's mind, I think, can get way overblown, like is way overproportional. Like, oh, I might mm-hmm. taste it and it might be gross. Yeah. You know so what? what? Yeah. So what? Like I, you roll in mud, like whatever. Yeah. It's, so it's gross. I don't know why that's a thing. That's an excuse that's acceptable when in every other part of your life that doesn't matter. You know what I right. mean? So. So I will just leave us with that all with that nugget, which is I am not a child psychologist. I'm not an expert, but I do think there's something to this idea that food training is something we can all, those words can just kind of reframe in our minds and not just us as a parent, but uh, like Mm -hmm. us as parents, but us as a society, us as maybe small business owners, as restaurateurs, as whoever, like we all somehow play a part like collectively in raising the next generation of Americans to have it maybe a little bit better than you and I did sister. Totally. <laughs> Cause by the way, I, think I ate my fair share of uh, really junky kids meals. So. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, yeah. and I'm thinking of this, you know, then we as consumers should, should support those restaurants that do have those choices and that have, you know, maybe do a quick little Google of a menu before you go someplace and make a plan or I don't know, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'm just saying, you know, if there's a place like that, that you continue to think has a great option for a kid's meal, then let's keep, let's all keep going back to those places and maybe other places will get the idea, you know, let's do it. And listeners, please write in and tell us what your favorite, it can be local or not local. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just want to hear some good news. So tell me if you know of a place that you love to take your kids because they've got something and it doesn't even have to be healthy. Like that, that's like these, there's two different, um, like if it were a, uh, X, Y access, you know, there's healthy, (laughs) which is always appreciated, but let's be honest, you know, not, 
not always going to happen. Just like when I eat out, it's not always healthy. Mm-hmm. But then also kind of like adventurous not the usual. or yep. different or not the usual. So like I I will take something on either one of those dimensions. To totally. Hit us up. Let us know what you like. And you will have two very appreciative mom casters on your hand. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out on the show. So Love it. All right. Well, thanks, Claire. Have a great trip this week. Yeah, I, I will be home soon and uh, then on the road again for the for the long weekend. But it's for fun that time. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.